Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style and powerography would like to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners quartz and canary jewelry and wellness company use code empower 15 to receive 15 percent off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com quartz and canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style Hello, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Jessica Verrill. She is the owner and founder of House of Indigo, a multimedia publishing company. She is an energetic alchemist, an intuitive coach, and channel. How are you doing today, Jessica? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, Brad. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey with us. I appreciate you taking the time and I appreciate you. And I appreciate you. It's always fun to share our stories and to help inspire and uplift others. Absolutely. So let's jump right in. As I mentioned, you're the owner and founder of House of Indigo Multimedia Publishing Company, an energetic alchemist, intuitive coach and channel. That's a hell of a lot of hats you wear. And I know there are many more than just those ones, but how, I mean, Obviously, you're not wearing all these hats at once, but how important is prioritization and organization to you? And how do you stay on top of things? Sometimes I am wearing multiple hats, (laughs) as I think (laughs) that we all are. Yeah. But there's definitely an intermingling and an overlay of the different services that I offer. You know, having my skills as an intuitive and a channel and and working with energetics, that's not something that ever really goes away. I can tune it up, I can tune it down, but it's always there. So it definitely influences and flavors every single aspect I do. However, yeah, there are times where I'm really diving into the energetics of something and I'm I'm turning that up. That's what it feels like to me, like a volume, like, okay. Let's turn this knob up for the time being and really focus on this one hat and having boundaries around the rest. Boundaries are incredibly important. And otherwise, I think I would be, you know, trying to fit 15 hats on my head all at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) For those who might not know, what is an energetic alchemist and how do you incorporate that modality into your coaching and publishing company when working with clients? Mm -hmm. So an energetic alchemist is a phrase I came up with for myself, studying about 20 years of energetics and healing nothing really seemed to fit. You know, it was like, I could call myself this, I could call myself that, and nothing really seemed to fit. And when I really sat with it and looked at what I was doing and what was coming through was that I'm really good at shifting energy. I'm really good at clearing energy very quickly. And to me, that change and moving something from something denser to something of a, you know, higher frequency, or that's more aligned to us is like the alchemist, right? Yeah. So it's like, I really am alchemizing the energy of a place, a person, a thing. And yeah, it it just seemed to be something that really 
really fit what I was doing. And as I said, it flavors everything that I do and who I am, but it really comes out in a few ways. So I'm incredibly good at holding space for people. And I I feel like that that's so much of what people who are in these different helping professions or, or supporting others and sharing their voice and sharing stories like right? Like you're a really good space holder. You're allowing people to unveil these aspects of themselves and excavate these stories. And I'm doing the same way through the publishing. I'm really holding the space to allow people to move through all of the fears, the, the visibility issues, the imposter syndromes that are coming through as they're sharing their story. I also, you know, go and I I connect with the energy of a project. So if I'm working on a multi-authored book collaboration, I will connect in with the energy of that specific book. And I will ask for guidance around the cover. I will ask for guidance about the contributors, what needs to come across. I will connect with that when I'm writing the blurb about the book. And really doing things like this throughout the stage. You know, I'm, I'm activating the words, I'm activating the, the book before it goes out so that it can right. reach the people that it needs to and have the level of impact that it has the potential to. Now, as mentioned, you're an intuitive and a channel. When did you realize you had the gifts of being an intuitive and channel and how hard or easy was it for you to embrace those gifts? Yeah, so it's kind of funny because it's something that I always really wanted to develop. And I'm always like, I'm a huge fan of personal development and psychic development and just development in all areas. And it was something that I always wanted to develop. And as I was going through, you know, my, my different energetic classes and learning different things, I came across what is called an empath. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> that, that is me. You know, that, that really, like, I've, I've always had people, random people like come up to me and start telling me like, oh my gosh, I've never told anybody this, but blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and so learning that term that, you know, 15 years ago, wasn't, wasn't out as much it is, as it is now was yeah. really of awakening and similar things happened when I was like, okay, I really want to be clairvoyant. I want to develop this. So I picked up a book that was recommended to me about how to become clairvoyant. And I realized I already did that. (laughs) So (laughs) for me, and the same thing with channeling, I was like, oh, I really want to learn how to channel. So I took a course and I was like, oh, I'm already doing that. It was just not having the language or the acknowledgement of what I was already doing naturally. And also giving myself the ability to hone that a little bit more and know, okay, this is what I'm doing. So now I can consciously work with it has really helped accelerate those. When did you really embrace your gift and start to use it to help people and give back to people? So I have been interested in healing and magic and alternative realms for as long as I can remember. 
when I was a child, I used to, you know, I used to do a lot of babysitting and I would take my money, go to the bookstore and buy books on herbs and herbal healing and remedies. And then I would go to the health food store and obtain what I could. So, you know, I have this very distinct uh, memory of my sister who is, she's almost eight years older than me. So she okay. was out of the house long before me and she came over to visit and she had a headache and I was like, Ooh, hold on just a minute. So I went upstairs, <laughs> pulled out my book on healing with herbs and I created this a satchel of sorts that she put on her to help alleviate her headache. And so it's something I've always really been drawn to. And for me, it's just been more of leaning into it and honing it and removing all of the programs in the way that say that it needs to be done a certain way that I can't do it or you know all of these programs like you need to go down a practical route and go to college and do this and do that and yes. that. so removing all of those programs you know of course some of them came after I got my bachelor's degree but <laughs> that's another story you know it was really the challenge for me yeah I'm I'm always really curious about this and I love hearing different people's thoughts and opinions on this but do you believe that everybody, absolutely everybody has the ability to be an intuitive and or channel within? And it's just a matter of, I guess, having the right guidance to do so or figuring out how to tap into that. And if they want to tap into that, that ability. I absolutely do. You do. I think that we are created as source energy and whatever source means to you, you know, we are connected to nature and the elements and each other and it's through our programming both individually and societal that we step away from that a little bit more and we begin to condition ourselves to quote-unquote fit in and be normal and that really limits and blocks a lot of things and then that coupled with you know different traumas that we may have experienced and around it or, or beliefs and kind of a subconscious shutting down of things. But I, I absolutely think that anybody has the ability to do so. Well, I mean, as you said, when you were first discovering, you, you went and got books and realized, oh, wait a minute, I know how to do this. And so <laughs> what, what, what advice or what direction would you point people in then who maybe haven't learned how to tap into? How, how would you suggest they get started with that? Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing that I find for everybody, no matter if you're wanting to use it for, you know, personal use or your business or, you know, honing your voice and your message a little bit more is really about tuning back into who you are at your core. And we're, we're so programmed and so good at looking outside of ourselves and thinking that somebody else has all of the answers. And, you know, sometimes it is helpful to get support from other people. However, I don't always think that it is necessarily needed for every single thing. And it can, lead us away from our true guidance and our true message. So I would say a couple of the most important things is to find a practice of really grounding yourself and 
you know, whether that looks like being outside, connecting in with a tree, imagining roots coming out from your feet, just allowing yourself to connect back into these natural energies, it allows some of the other things to kind of start to fall away. So you can start to tune into who you are and the messages that are coming through for you. I think that's a good, really good first step for, for anybody. Yeah. Okay. What lights you up or inspires you the most, Jessica, about the coaching work that you're doing? It's so fun. (laughs) (laughs) I love the fact that every single person that we can impact or help shift their lives, even if it's just like this nanomillimeter, you know, every little shift that we can help facilitate allows their life to change so much. And I forget what the book is called, but it's, it's like, if you do 1% better every single day, like your life will be drastically changed. Yeah. And it's similar when I'm working with somebody, if we're able to facilitate that little bit of change, the impact that it has on their life can be really substantial. But then as their awareness and consciousness and energy shifts, they bring that into relation with everybody else. And it begins to shift those people around them. So by, you know, facilitating these these little shifts and impact and healing it's creating a much bigger ripple absolutely uh, yeah it's just it's really powerful it is definitely what type of person or client is your ideal client and what things do you look for in a potential client before deciding to work with them so my ideal client is definitely someone who is what i I call soul led. So they are, you know, leading from their heart, from their soul, from their own truth. I really love working with people who, you know, are the movers and the shakers, the way showers, the rebels, the ones who are here, they're on a mission. They know what they're here to do. And they are wanting to create books or workbooks or Oracle decks as a way to help facilitate a bigger shift in our collective, our consciousness and, you know, throughout the planet. And I'm really looking for somebody who, you know, takes radical self-responsibility they know who they are. They are really connected with, with their message and their own guidance. They're clear, they're driven, they're focused, like they're on a mission and no one's getting in their way. Those are my people. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. When did you start your publishing company? I officially started my publishing company in January of 2021. Now, your publishing company, as mentioned, is called House of Indigo. How did you come up with the name for the company? You probably won't be surprised, but it was very intuitive. (laughs) So when I was tuning into it, it actually went through through a name change because initially what was coming through was blue indigo, blue indigo publishing, which had multi energies for it. I'm also, I work with plants a lot and flower essences and plant healing. And so blue indigo is a really beautiful and potent flower. And also, you know, indigo color symbolizes so much. So that felt really good. But then as I started to work with it over like a couple of weeks and I was developing a logo, 
go and all of that. It just didn't feel right. Yeah. And so I tuned back in and it was House of Indigo that came through as like the next iteration. And it felt like it was like I needed to go through that almost like the the blue indigo was the conception and, and baby stage. And then yeah. House of Indigo just came in so much stronger, like whew, and solid. Just hit you. Yeah. 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 I love the name. I think it's beautiful. Thank you. What is it then that sets your publishing company apart from some of the other companies out there? Yeah. So I really work with the energy. So say if I'm doing a collaborative project, I'm working with the energy of the group as well as the individual simultaneously. So I do, I add in a lot of things that a lot of others do not do. I do, you know, developmental editing. I often do audiobooks. I do, okay. I bring a lot of energetics into my containers. And so for people who are really within this realm or on this path, it's an extra layer of supporting them with the energetics and the mindset and, and the writing development. It's, it's bringing all of these together to really support people in a different way. And when I'm working with people who are in similar realms of practicing, you know, energetics and, and, and such, it's really helpful because, you know, we're both tuning in and the magic that happens is so incredible because it's like, we're almost like we're seeing different parts of the elephant right? and we're able to kind of give that feedback and create so much of a stronger and more beautiful project throughout that. Do you work solely with women authors? No, I work with just wonderful people. Just wonderful. Okay. <laughs> Love it. What is the most inspiring part of your work in helping these soul-led business owners share their stories with the world? What lights you up the most about that? Yes. You know, I talk about the impact that I have through working with clients, through coaching or healing and and all of that and the, the impact that it creates. But I can only have so much impact doing that, yeah. even if I doing a group program. So when I'm able to help support somebody through sharing their stories and getting their work out in the world, it's this huge other, like all of these other big, like boulders that are throwing out there for (laughs) ripples and consciousness. Yeah. And it's really helping. I love just seeing these, these people who have incredible work and they're amazing people. And a lot of people may not know about them. They're kind of a secret. I love helping them, you know, curry their stories and get their message and their work out there to a bigger audience, because that's incredible for them. And it's so much more of an impact than I could have ever on my own. What do you say to someone who comes to you and is unsure about whether to to take on something like this and their their biggest roadblock is, well, I don't have a story. Who wants to hear what I have to say? What what do you say to people like that? Because I'm sure you encounter it fairly regularly. Everybody has a story. So one of the things that I really invite people to do is is look back. You know, we're so immersed in who we are right here and now. We're focused on the future, what we're going to create, what we're going to do. Maybe we're holding on 
down to something from the past that we need to heal or let go of, but we're just so immersed in this energy of ourselves like right now. And so if you're able to kind of pull yourself away from that and try to take more of like a bird's eye view and look at your experiences your wisdom, your expertise, and your knowledge, everything that you have gone through, go back like three years. Okay. What was like the, the you three years ago and how far have you come? All of those things within there that you have, that you've learned and overcome, those are all nuggets, like gold, beautiful nuggets that is really supportive to somebody else. So maybe you start at three years, then you go back five, 10. And once you start looking, you're like, oh, I actually do have incredible things that, you know, me 10 years ago would have loved to know how to get through or would love to be where I am now. And it really helps create a perspective shift of looking at like, oh, well, maybe I do have more to share. (laughs) Because when we hear about people who have overcome really hard things or have experienced hardships and or have learned important lessons, it can be really inspiring to us whether or not we're going through something similar. It's motivating. For you, was writing something that was always part of who you were or who you are and or is this a fairly new path for you and how did writing transition into the idea of starting a publishing company it's a great question when i was a child there were two things that were always consistent that i wanted to be i wanted to be a writer and i wanted to be a mom and i would spend so much time you know this is before like electronics and all of this stuff, (laughs) but I would write out my little books and draw pictures and staple them together. And those were my books that I was creating of all of my short stories. And then of course, you know, when we got the Commodore 64, (laughs) wow, blast from the past, right? It was super (laughs) exciting, but I used to write some of my stories on that. Okay. And when I got into, you know, high school and then, and then college and all of that, it kind of, my excitement for writing was kind of stripped out of me a little bit because I, you know, you start getting into having to write about some event that really isn't pertinent to me or that I don't feel inspired about So it's taken a lot for me to kind of move through those layers and get to that passion again and reignite it. But it's really fun. Do you prefer to wear your author hat or your publisher hat? And what are a couple of things you enjoy the most of each of those crafts? Yeah, this is such a hard question. (laughs) I like to make my guests think. (laughs) I love both of them. I really do. I love writing and I love sharing different aspects of myself. And I love connecting with my audience in that way and really moving through some of the healing process that sharing your story really is. So I love that. But I I really, really love supporting people in that too. And I, I think that if I was only doing publishing without the writing, then I would kind of lose a little bit of the sense of what that experience is actually like. Um, So for me, it's important that I'm constantly honing both of those. So it kind of just feels like two sides of the same coin. That makes sense. What were you doing for work, Jessica, before you made the leap into entrepreneurship? 
Well, I've actually been self-employed since 2008. Oh, okay. Originally, it looked like I was a massage therapist and I did body work and energy work and, you know, incorporated my energetics into my sessions. And I began working for myself after I was working for a salon and spa in the city that's local to me. And it was an upscale place. And I started as a massage therapist, got promoted and and created this title of like spa director, which was really fun for me. I got to, you know, train people and bring in new techniques and new, new services and all of that. However, then I got pushed into the role of director of operations and marketing, which I see now as an incredibly valuable gift. I learned so much, you know, in my early twenties, Yeah, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. It wasn't me. And so when I left that job, I decided to just start my own place as a massage therapist. And through the years that transitioned into doing, you know, more energy work, I started incorporating some wellness coaching after I finished my undergrad degree. And then, you know, eventually about three and a half years ago, transitioned completely out of that and went fully on mine. What is one piece of advice you have for women who are looking to start their own publishing company? Well, I would say make sure as with anything that you are in it for the reasons that are going to help propel you. You know, it can be very overwhelming at times. There's a lot of moving pieces. There are a lot of balls in the air at any yeah. single And if it's not something that you feel really driven by or passionate about, but you think that like, oh, maybe I'll do this for a little bit. It's probably not going to work for you <laughs> because in those times where, you know, you're, you're trying to meet deadlines and trying to do this and that and the other thing, you really need to have that strong why to help move you forward. Speaking of that strong why and motivation and what drives, motivates and inspires you to keep going, to keep pushing and excelling at all that you do, Jessica? I feel like sometimes I don't have a choice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) That sounds wild, but just hear me out. I know that I came here at this time in this life, in this experience with a strong mission to create change. I have always been the person who, much to like my teachers and my mother's dismay, I questioned everything. Why are we doing things like this? Isn't there a better way? This doesn't make sense. I've always questioned everything. And I've always looked for ways that we could do things that worked for others. So for me, it is an extension of helping to create that change. You know, we're we're creating an industry where people are able to share their stories. It's it's not just like the the 1% of people who actually write their book and submit it to a traditional publisher who get to share their stories these days. Anybody who has the passion and the expertise and the voice can get their story out there. And that is, is incredibly powerful for me. It is. That is hugely powerful to think of how far we have come in terms of, like you said, 
where it used to be a world where you had to submit your story to a, a traditional publishing house. Then you got to wait to see if they accept it, if they think it's good enough and so on. And all the pieces that go along with that to where now everyone has the ability to write and share their story with the world and get it out there. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is so powerful. It's exciting. It is. It truly is. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful, Jessica? Well, I'm pretty tenacious. <laughs> I was going to say I'm a tenacious bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. You can say whatever you want. But I am... No censorship here, Jessica. <laughs> I am really kind. I mean that in the way where if somebody tells me that I can't do something... I want to do it more, you know, because it's like, well, why are you telling me I can't do that? So I am very, I think that the tenacity, but then also my need, like I love learning new things and I love experiencing new things. And so that leads me to constantly, you know, develop, like doing more personal development, learning more, honing new skills. I'm constantly evolving myself, you know, but in a way that feels really good to me, like I love doing it. And, and I think that that just allows me to constantly be, be bringing in fresh things and supporting my clients in a new way. So speaking of success, how do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you? Success to me is well freedom is one of my big core values yeah so having the time and the financial freedom to be able to live my life in a way that feels really good and in tune with myself which you know sometimes looks like oh i want to i want to go take the afternoon off and and garden and i can I, you know, am a homeschooling mom and that feels really successful to me because, well, not always the homeschooling, (laughs) but the fact that I have the ability to do that feels really beautiful to me because it's creating my life in the way that I want to and not with anybody else's confines or anybody else's rules. That is what success is for me. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? I would have to say that our life is so sacred. Our life can be gone in just a moment. And I know I had mentioned this to you when we spoke before, my father passed away from a long illness when I was eight years old and it completely changed my outlook. And it, it is something that has stuck with me forever. You know, I went from thinking that like, oh, the people that I love are always just going to be around. Like my parents, my grandparents, all of them, they're just always going to be here until they get really old. And that's not anything I need to worry about at any time to thinking, wow, you never really do know. You need to appreciate the moments, the people and the experiences in your life. And show the people that you care about that you do care about them because you never know if they're going to be gone or if you're going to be gone in any single moment. Yeah, that's life is so fleeting and we don't know how long we have. So appreciate the people around you and appreciate the time you have with them. Mm -hmm. It is so important. Absolutely. What was a turning point in your life and how did that affect you? 
That was, I mean, I would say that would probably be like the biggest turning point for me was, was the death of my father and everything that kind of happened after that. So, you know, that's something that has taken me like many, many years to work through. I also say though, having my daughter, (laughs) you know, becoming a mother like the other end of a spectrum, it's your time and your experiences and, and everything that you're doing is literally molding and shaping another person for the rest of their life. And that is a huge responsibility that I take. I say seriously, but I have a lot of fun with it, but I take (laughs) very seriously. Like I'm very conscious in my parenting. I'm very aware of my own triggers and my own wounding and, and how to move through those. So I'm not passing those on. And that has push me into greater depths than I think anything else ever has. That is the toughest, most important job we could ever have in life as a human being is to care and and raise another human, like mold this little human being into an adult, like giving them the tools and the guidance to start their own lives and and build their own lives. It's it's mind-blowing how powerful and how much responsibility that is. It really is. You know, I think about it sometimes. It's like, I didn't grow up with, I grew up with a lot of negative like money stories that had been passed down. And, and, you know, I'm constantly looking at like, oh, am am I saying something or doing something subconscious? Like, I don't have a positive role model in all of these ways. So I'm like learning and paving and doing all at the same time. And it's really freaking hard sometimes. Well, that's it. I mean, we're not given a manual. There's no manual (laughs) on how to raise children, right? All you can do is pull from your experiences, whatever you can growing up as a kid and what you went through as a kid and what your parents taught you and then learning along the way. I mean, that's what life is all about, right? Is learning along the journey and learning how to do things. But I mean, when you put into perspective, the massive responsibility that this is to (laughs) bring another human being into the world and, and raise them and teach them. It's mind blowing. When you sit back and think about it, it's just, wow, this is, it's incredible. It really is. And, you know, I don't like to think about it necessarily in this way, but when you sit back and you look, you're like, you're raising a child who has the potential to be like the next Jeffrey Dahmer yeah. or the next Nobel Prize. You're right. Like, you're right. There, there's a big range in there, but what you're passing on and how you're helping shape them has a huge trajectory on their life. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's deep. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all righty <laughs> okay we're gonna jump into a little rapid fire section here jessica so the next grouping of questions will just be one two three four word answer type thing okay shift off of that heaviness <laughs> <laughs> i mean i like to have the heavy conversations but wow <laughs> I know. jessica what was your dream job as a child I wanted to be a mom, an author, and a veterinarian. Veterinarian, okay. What is the first thing you notice about a person? Their eyes. Would you rather have more time or more money? Money, because it can allow you the support in your life so that you can have more time. 
How would you describe yourself in one word? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Compassionate. What is one of your favorite entrepreneurial books? The Go-Giver. If you could teach the world one thing, what would that be? Conscious awareness. Being aware of every single thing we do. What is one thing you want but cannot buy with money? More harmony in the world. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? I think more women need to be in power. Like conscious, kind women. Yeah, that concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. (laughs) What is your why, Jessica? My why is really creating a better earth, a better consciousness, a better way of living really for our future generations. I don't want, you know, my daughter's eight right now. Yeah. And I don't want her to grow up in this world where she has to worry about, you know, someone attacking her or like, I just, there's so many things that are out of balance in our world that I am trying to have the most impact that I can to create change for our children and future generations. I love that. What is an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? I am really grateful. I'm so grateful for so much. (laughs) So a year ago, a little over a year ago, we had a cat just show up in our backyard and we ended up taking him in and he has just brought so much joy and laughter to us. I never wanted a cat before. Mm -hmm. I would not have gone out and gotten one. As much as he drives me nuts sometimes, he has been such a blessing in such an unexpected way. What does the word empowerment mean to you? Empowerment to me is really connecting with our own power, connecting with our own guidance and our intuition and that internal compass in a way that we feel that we're not going to let things stop us. Like we feel like we have all the power that we need within ourselves to do what we need to create the change that we want to, and to, you know, have this experience of life. You could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice. What would that piece of advice be? It would be along those lines of listening to myself, of connecting back in and not getting steered off of my path, which I did so many times by people who thought they knew better or were giving me advice or don't do that. That's not going to be good. You're not going to like that. Do this instead. Instead of following all of those things that other people told me that I should, could do to just come back within and know myself so well that it would be my guidance. That's a tough lesson to learn though. I mean, as we're growing into adults and and figuring ourselves out, it's it's so tough not to listen to the external noise for lack of a better term and what everyone thinks is good for you and stepping into our own authentic power. That's a tough tough one to do. Mhm. It absolutely is. If you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, your your tribe, your corner of the world, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? What would you say? I would want everyone to know that they really do have everything that they need within themselves and to continue to connect back in for their truth, for their guidance 
And by following that, it is going to help not only themselves, but the collective at large. So continuing to be true to themselves and being kind to others. Beautiful, simple concept. Mm -hmm. Although this kindness concept, it boggles my (laughs) mind why we as human beings have such a hard time wrapping our heads around being kind to one another. It just, it blows my mind. I, I totally agree. It doesn't cost you anything to be kind to another person. So what is the problem? Well, I mean, we could get into a whole conversation about that. I think that's a whole other episode. (laughs) You know, personal wounding and and trauma, I think is most of it. Yeah, very true. Jessica, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share your story and your journey with us. I appreciate you. Keep shining your bright, beautiful light onto the world and doing the amazingly beautiful work you're doing. You are a true inspiration. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Brad. This is so beautiful. And I love what you're doing as well. And just really appreciate being here and connecting with you. It was my pleasure and my honor. I am so grateful for you and that our paths crossed and to have you as a member of the Empowerography community is such an honor. Same. I love it. It's so good. (laughs) You're doing amazing things. So thank you. Yes. Thank you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Jessica Verrill. She is the owner and founder of House of Indigo, multimedia publishing company. She's an energetic alchemist, an intuitive coach, and a channel. Thank you so much, Jessica. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thanks. You too, Brad. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.